Hey, Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. There is a lot of men with potato product in their mouth this episode. <laughs> it was really Actually, starchy. Yeah, yeah. it's a starchy episode. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. So, you know when you've made a friend and things are going so great and you talk about reality TV all the time and you're totally connecting and, like, vibing, and then your friend is like, maybe we need some space from each other, and she travels all the way to Croatia to get away from you? Yeah, so my lovely co-host Emma Gray is on a glamorous vacation this week, and I'm handling it really well. But I have two lovely colleagues and Bachelorette tweeters here to guest host this extremely non-glamorous recap with me today. Emily Warman, Senior Content Strategist at AOL Partner Studio. Hello. And Damon Barris, Senior Tech Editor. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you both for being here. So I didn't have to do this alone. I mean, I do talk about The Bachelorette to myself all the time, but no (laughs) one wants to hear that. It sounds unsettling. Plus, later in this episode, we will have an interview Emma and I did recently with the delightful Jamie Otis of The Bachelor, Bachelor Pad, and Married at First Sight. She's a real veteran, so we're excited for you to hear it. But first, last night's episode of The Bachelorette. Snooze fest. We took like a whole week off and we came back. And for what? Like, I was worst excited. episode ever. I was ready. I was ready yeah. for love. Actually, I was kind of into it. There's some weird stuff this episode. Like, it got real weird. <laughs> so I kind of like that. It did get weird. Okay, so what were your favorite parts of this episode? Oh, my God. Like, I don't even... I mean, the highlight was clearly uh, I'm your Gucho, which was <laughs> Alex's great quote during their date. I mean, there is a, whole, there is a slumber party. There is, like weird horse stuff. I mean, it was all, I I can't even pick a favorite thing. an accurate summation of that. Yeah. I just like, if I were a gaucho, I would not allow a bunch of wine drunk American women to watch my cultural traditions (laughs) on TV in that context. Like there were so many tweets that were like, this horse is being sexually assaulted. And I was like, yes, it looks like that. But well, they made it look like that. They did did. really make it look like that. That was purposeful, but I was okay with it. Also, I think a lot of people perhaps got a different context for the word gaucho due to this episode, Mm. not just ugly pants. Yeah. That's true. So I didn't honestly nice. I didn't even know what this word meant before this episode of The Bachelorette. Did you and know about the pants? I didn't know about the pants. And now I know it means like to soothe and kiss a horse on the lips. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um so basically we're down to six people because JoJo definitely wanted to get rid of Alex and James Taylor last episode and she kept them both instead. Um and 
So now there are six of them. They're still in Argentina, and they have to get down to four for hometowns. First date, Alex, his first one-on-one date. He was so pumped for it, too. But the foreshadowing was heavy-handed. He's like, I know this is going to be the best day of my life. And it's like, ooh, it's going to be one of the worst. Right. Yeah, it always is when they say that. Yeah. He seemed to really genuinely think that, though. Yeah, I think— Like, it wasn't just an act. He he wanted this bad, I think. Alex's male confidence and optimism knows no bounds. (laughs) Or now it does, perhaps. (laughs) Maybe. Right. He, yeah, he really was not expecting to go home. That was like, he wasn't even remotely prepared no. to react to it no. in the moment. He seemed blindsided. He went like yeah. dead eyes really, really quickly. And like he did not want her to even be remotely near him. You could tell like he went from really nice, sweet guy to like, <laughs> get away from me, woman. So let's let's talk about what happened in that car, which right. was. So the first part yeah. of the date is a little like I wouldn't want to be on that date. Like the guys no. were like, oh, no. I'd rather be in the car with Jojo. Yeah. I, than on this cool bus with all the guys yeah. doing sing-alongs. So I was like, like, I want to be on the bus. Yeah, the bus yeah. seemed like way more fun. Yeah. It's like Miss Frizzle's driving the thing. It's <laughs> yeah. awesome. That was a cool bus. So they're going to like the Argentinian countryside or whatever. Um a polo ground is where they actually end up, which is, like, not the countryside. Right. But um, so they they are going on a bus, and JoJo and Alex are traveling in a car together. An Uber, perhaps. Road tri- it seemed like an Uber. <laughs> like, Caitlin, I remember, did a little road trip with Jared, and they were mm. driving. That didn't is, go well, I remember. Oh, see, I, I didn't see that, I have to admit. I'm, I'm kind of new to the whole Bachelor universe. Welcome. Right? Yeah. So, but it yeah, all seems fresh. It, it would have been a, a little time. sweeter if they were driving the car together, I think. But Well, they, they usually do distraction. That. Yeah. yeah. Usually the woman drives and, you know, that's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> Bachelor Nation. I don't think that JoJo <laughs> like, like what wants to subvert the yeah. gender norms she that much. She certainly right. does not seem to. But they obviously could have used something to do with their hands because they ended up like thumb wrestling. Yeah. in the back of the car. Jojo and, definitely yeah. wanted Alex to have something else to do with his hands beside touching She her. should have right. given him a Chinese finger drop. Like, I would have loved to see Alex struggle right. through that while making conversation. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the, and then he did the, the duck mouth with his Pringles and he tried to kiss her with chips. Like, mm. he wasn't even going to touch her with his face. And she was like... I'm going to give you my duck mouth cheek right now. She right. recoiled on at least four separate occasions, I think. There is actually, we'll get to this later, I'm sure. There is a lot of men with potato product in their mouth <laughs> this episode. It was really actually, starchy. Yeah, yeah. it's a starchy episode. That's yeah. how she like, that's how she deflects men. She doesn't want to have just, mouth, their mouth available. She's like, did you put a potato thing starch. in your mouth? <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because I can see how they get a lot of mixed messages because she's always like flinching away from Alex, but then she'll go to the in the moment and be like, I've never felt so comfortable and connected. I really can see what it would be like to have a relationship with him. And it's so exciting. And I'm yeah, like, girl, like, I can tell that you are physically like driven apart from it. Like you don't want to be anywhere near him. Right. Can you tell? Well, you, she actually, she can't tell. Jojo actually says to him in the car, quote, just be normal, <laughs> which is we were all wishing that. I don't think Alex can be normal. No. He's not a normal. Is dude. he going to paradise? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. But then they haven't been able to advertise that because he's still been on. Um, so after this incredibly painful road trip, where 
Alex is sort of physically throwing his body on top of Jojo. She huddles in a corner <laughs> of the back seat, and he tries to, like, kiss her face with potato chips, yep. and she avoids it. Um, they get to a ranch, according to Jojo, where um, they're going to be gauchos for the day. Right. And Jojo immediately Jojo immediately puts on bootcut pants. And I was like, Jojo. True. Really but, off theme right away. But those pants looked good on her. <laughs> they were like suede yeah. flares. They were solid really. pants. Yeah. yeah. And the, the beautiful moment was when you could see that Alex did have what it took to be a true gaucho, mm. but maybe not the right gaucho for her. Nope. Um, and he comes out in his little gaucho tam and his little gaucho pants and his gaucho boots. And she says, oh, you're a cute little gaucho. Oh, yeah, she God, called him a cute so little. Bad. She twirls him. And oh, I was yeah. like, Jojo, I rarely say this because I don't believe in, like, leaning into gender norms. But, like, you kind of have to let him be the man. Yeah. Like, don't treat him like a little baby just because he's short. Right. It's, I like, mean, if you're going to be in the framework of The Bachelorette, then, yeah. you know, play the game a little bit. Right? Yeah. That was rough. It was not. That's great. when you knew that it was. Uh, I mean, maybe he the did Pringles not know. is when you knew. <laughs> I, yeah, Pringles. Yeah. I think. I think a lot of us knew last episode yeah. when, or like honestly, we knew way before. But last episode, it was like okay, so now we're just biding time until the end of the next episode, which was this episode, for her to send these two guys home, and that's exactly what happened. Right. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> they have to first go through this extremely weird date where they basically just stand several feet away from a gaucho doing sort of horse yoga with mm-hmm. one of his steeds, <laughs> which seems like a really like interesting cultural thing. I mean, yeah. honestly, that horse got very calm. Which, that yeah. horse looked dead. It got so calm. Yeah. yeah. But like horses are so strong. Like people were like, this is gross and molestation. And I was like, that horse could fucking kill that guy if he wanted to. Yeah. I mean, it definitely wasn't molestation. I mean, that horse was into what was happening. Yeah. It was very intimate. It was deeply. Yeah, it was mutual. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, It was beautiful. And then and then Alex and Jojo kind of lie down adjacent the horse <laughs> while the gaucho is there having calmed the horse. So in this tender moment, they're lying together. They're kind of nuzzling. And Alex leans over and he says, I'm your gucho. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite moment of the show, I think. (laughs) He is her Gucci. Yeah. (laughs) He's whatever that means, he is. Yeah. I I just felt so uncomfortable watching it. I just felt like I shouldn't be there. You know, I was like, I feel like we're watching people watching something that they shouldn't be watching. Yeah. It is not nice. Layers upon layers of inappropriateness. Well, Um, and and the the awkwardness does not end there. Oh, God, it gets so much worse. Oh, yeah. I actually love the evening portion that JoJo's sitting there looking sort of regal in a drapey sweater. And then suddenly there's, like, a hound next to her. Yeah, where did that dog come from? <laughs> yeah, she's in a lodge with a fire and a beautiful outfit and just a noble hound yeah. nuzzling yeah. her hand. It looked like she was about to have a hunting portrait painted yeah. of her. But then there was Alex. Yeah, and like, like another if, plaid shirt. What if you get to break up with someone and you're petting like a giant white cat, like Austin Powers <gasps> yes. style? That'd be like, perfect. What a power move would that be? Just they be need like, to I don't think we're right for each other. Into the rose ceremony. Yeah. Oh yeah. She needs a cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I I was really into the aesthetic of the date, but then Alex started talking. Oof. Often a problem. I believe a direct quote 
he's talking. He's very excited about the prospect of of hometowns, which I've come to view as it's like the Rose Bowl of the Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. These guys are yes. like, yeah, we're going to hometowns. <laughs> totally. It's totally. like sweet. Um, so he's talking about her meeting his family, and I believe he li- literally says, "You will find happiness with my grandma." <laughs> He's so stoked on her meeting his grandma. This close textual analysis is wonderful. Yeah. And she's clearly like moments away from macing him at that moment. Oh, God. He was not reading the signs. He was like, there's no rose on this date. There were no one-on-one date roses this week because they're down to such a small number. But he was like, there's no rose tonight, but I would feel so confident if there was a rose because things are so solid right now. And JoJo was like, so there's no rose tonight, but even though I don't have to give you a rose, I still want to actively not give you a rose. Right. She's like, I need to make it very clear. <laughs> this is not happening. Yeah. she. He was like wildly misreading the situation. Right. So we have to move on because second date this week, Jordan, mm-hmm. he gets the date card. It says something like, let's toast to love. And they're all like, that sounds like it could be something fun. And I'm like, there's literally one thing it could be. It's definitely drinking. Like, mm-hmm. what else could it be? So they go to a vineyard in Argentina, and they stomp the grapes. Right. Um, anyone who's watched a YouTube video knows what that looks like. <laughs> um, and then they drink the grapes that they have stomped upon. Just feet juice, basically. Feet wine. Yeah, they're like, it's actually not bad. Like, it's actually really good. And I'm like, it's not that it's going to taste bad. It's that you know that, like, right. your feet were in it. That's the problem. <laughs> right. Well, they have this intimate moment, and, and JoJo's like, I tasted your feet today. I know, and that was... They, like, want to bone each other so bad. They do. very clear. It is uncomfortable to watch. Like, well, I they're kind of nice. I, I see a genuine spark there. It's not that it's wrong. Yeah. It's just that I just want to leave the room. I'm right. like, take like, it. I'm not take interested the room. in watching If Jordan's the in the room, here. I want to leave it regardless. But <laughs> So then they sit down for, like, the more elegant portion of the date. And that's when Jordan just goes to town on goes Aaron Rodgers. It was... Surprised me. I yeah. Because you, you expect them to be, like, media trained. Like, I was like, this is not a good look. No. Well, also, if someone, like, even off camera, if someone was like, yeah, I don't like my family and, like, threw them under the bus, I'd be like, what does that say about you, no, my but friend? Here's the thing, though. This was an interesting gambit because what he said was Aaron and I aren't close. He, Aaron being the, like, famous, I guess, football player. Very famous. Yes. Yeah. Actually. So – so it's cool. You says, don't have to pretend. We all know about Aaron Rodgers. No. Okay. Uh, actually, I don't know so much about Aaron Rodgers. It says a lot about me, I think. So, so he says he's not very close with Aaron, but he's very close with his other brother and his mom. And, yeah, you yeah. Know. So I think it was an interesting little— He pulls the whole, like, I'm not close with Aaron, but it's because I value family so much. Exactly, which is clearly what she wants to hear. And I think that this is— where people become a little suspicious of Jordan because I think he might be manipulating the situation to some extent. I don't know. I think he's very manipulative. I think he's a fairly intelligent guy, and I think that he's really good at telling her exactly what she wants to hear when she wants to hear it, and that's pretty much it. Right. Yeah. I kind of respect that he went for it. I don't His feet that. were covered in grape juice. 
He's <laughs> in a very awkward moment with JoJo, and he's like, I'm going to lay my stuff out for you. I don't think he's laying it out. I think that he's trying to spin it in yeah. a way that makes him look like a stand-up family guy, and I'm no, not I mean, buying it. He's I'm clearly spinning it. Not I, buying I'm playing it. devil's advocate here. And I've liked Jordan from the beginning. And really? I'm starting, like I'm starting to, like, see like qualities in him that make me really question. I think he's playing a game. But oh, yeah. I think I think she sure. really likes him. Though. Yeah. I mean, I think he likes her, but I don't think it's like in a long-term sense necessarily. No, I think he surface level likes her in the way that you like people when you first start dating them and you're attracted to them. Right. Yeah. And then you normal stuff, but just not for this show. Yeah. yeah. So, third date, um Chase, Robbie, James Taylor, they wake up and it's raining. This is a horrible date. I mean, like, was someone, like, was the production team hungover? Like, did someone yeah, call out of work? Right. Like, there was, was like, what oh, happened? Rain yeah. plan. How do you not have a rainy day plan? Yeah. Like, Caitlin's entire season was made up of rainy day plans. Yeah. Like, did they not learn? They had so many crazy rainy day dates in Ireland. They had, like, a wake yeah. where the men pretended to be dead. Yeah. Right. They just, or they would just, like, go drink in a church somewhere. Which is weird. Both better than room service. (laughs) Yeah. She was like, I have the greatest idea. We're going to sit here and eat, like, really gross-looking room service. Right. And I got to say, this is not—I would imagine maybe the the tourism board of Argentina or whatever, maybe they were excited for The Bachelorette to come here. This has not made me want to go there. I hate to say it. I just not looking for fun. She took a lid off. She was like, I love to try local cuisine. And she took a lid off something. (laughs) And I was like, that must be local cuisine because I don't recognize it. And then I looked closer. (laughs) And it was was definitely like a mostly reheated frozen pizza with Mm -hmm. olives on it. Like one olive on each quarter. You guys like Tombstone? (laughs) 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 Yeah. And then, uh, and then it got starchy again with James Taylor. Oh my god, it got so starchy. Yeah, she's she challenges James Taylor to see how many fries he can fit in in his mouth. Just good evidence that she's sexually attracted to him. Just right. like see how many fries yeah. he can put. <laughs> like in your all mouth. the guys are like, I wouldn't do that, and it's like, well, she didn't ask you. <laughs> like she doesn't want you to <laughs> so, do that. Congratulations. Yeah. So he gets what like twenty fries in his something mouth? an impressive amount. Yeah, you'll definitely have to check out if, – if you missed the episode, there's some good uh, gifs out there. Mm-hmm. It reaches the point, you know, you know when you've stuffed a lot of really thick starchy food in your mouth mm. and you can't really close it anymore so the drool just starts yeah. coming straight out. It's a pretty picture. It's yeah. classic, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's just like a – for me, just like a Tuesday night at home. Did, so it related <laughs> right. to that. Did Robbie dare Robbie to take off Robbie's shirt, or did that come from I someone think Jojo else? Jojo did. Jo- Jojo dared Robbie to strip and run through the halls. Yeah, which she underwear. wanted to see him naked. That could right. also not have pleased Robbie more. Yeah, he was like, "Okay, I'll do it." And then immediately, James Taylor is like, "Also, Robbie likes to look at other hot women." <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> did you hear about that? We call him Wandering Eye Robbie because he just loves to look at women on the street. And Robbie's like, shirt half off. You're lying, yeah. dude. He's Which lying. Is, he's making that up. He should have owned up to that. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think JoJo is that bothered by that. Well, so, she couldn't have been that mad because he got the rose, right? Right. I. But she also is continually drawn to people whose behavior bothers her. Oh, yeah. And I think she wants to win him over because she thinks that he's less available. I mean, this is... Mm. So, in a way, it's a strategically good choice and a bad choice for James Taylor to bring it up. He's like, he's a challenge, JoJo. Get (laughs) it. And I'm available to you. I love you. Right. She's like, like, no, thank you. you. Ew, gross. (laughs) Yeah, but I do think, like, as... Not that this is, like, a healthy behavior, 
But I definitely think that sometimes women or men will, like, playfully tease their partner about things that actually bother them. Mm. Yeah. Because it seems like the most sane-seeming way to actually talk about it. Right. Like, you don't want to be like, how dare you? I'm dating you and four other men, and you're looking at other women. And so instead you're just like, oh, you're looking at those women too, right? (laughs) Ha ha, it's fine. Mm. Yeah. And I I got a little bit of that. That's a good analysis. I'm on board with that. Yeah. But, yeah, she she gave him the rose in the end after the most boring date. And they were all plastered except for Jojo. Like, she was just, like— You could see the little, like, hotel booze bottles, (laughs) like, next to the horrible pizza and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and she went on, like, a walk with Robbie through the nearby neighborhood in the middle at some point. And he was hammered. And she was, like— so tell me about your last relationship. And he was like, oh, yeah, so we broke up, like, a couple of months ago, and we were together for a long time, and I was just like, I don't know about this anymore. And, like, so it's just, like, I'm so into you, and, like, my love for you is totally my priority right now. And you can see her do the mental math, and it's like, that's (laughs) definitely right when you got cast on the show. Yeah. Hasn't that—this is, if I'm understanding correctly, this has been, like, a tabloid thing already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so a little update from— Robbie's ex-girlfriend. Yes, please. Someone who follows her on Instagram very kindly messaged this to our Facebook. (laughs) Um, Apparently, the other night, uh, last night, uh, she posted an Instagram with the caption, Why You Always Lying? And she tagged Robbie, hashtag The Bachelorette, hashtag My Mama Don't Like You. (laughs) Also, what kind of thing is it to say, like, my love for you is my number one priority right now. Right now. The way, the way they talk about, quote-unquote, love is <laughs> crazy. It could be interchangeable with a lot of different words or emotions. Well, just the, the way they try to say, I'm in love with you, or this, you know, it the little gymnastics they play. You could replace the, love yeah. with boner, and I think that would probably be more accurate. <laughs> yes, very true. Yeah, my boner for you is my priority right now. <laughs> yes, yes, right? It's perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is going to change everything. Just in, it's like when I learned about adding future. in bed to the end of fortune cookies. <laughs> really changed middle school for me. <laughs> so she gives Robbie the rose despite him basically telling her that he is emotionally a mess and unavailable. Which and she loves. maybe like completely manipulative and untrustworthy. And Again. she was like, Sold. I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm and also, in. she saw that he is a huge manscaper. Yes. I'm just so not into that. I'm like, whatever level of hair that you have on your chest, just embrace it. Well, but he does need to be aerodynamic. Not anymore. Okay. Former. Well, yeah. Okay, fine. But he might be used <laughs> to that <laughs> level of non-hairiness. He's probably used to it. I bet he, uh, he had some doesn't. laser hair removal all over his body. Yes. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah. I bet he did. I mean, okay, whatever you have to do for your professional swimming career, I have no right to judge that. But I find it, it really plays into his Kendall vibe. Absolutely. Big time. He would walk past a Kendall and do a double take, like, whoa, me? Like, they look very similar. (laughs) Right. Ken is also very aerodynamic. True. Yes. Yeah. And they have the same, like, rounded jawbone. Mm. It's very prominent. And I just can't get over it. Um, So he and JoJo get to spend a little extra time together. Um, and Chase and James Taylor get, they're like, oh, well, at least we'll get to see her at the cocktail party. Right. Nope. 
I love that they just have to like leave leave the hotel room while they're just left in there doing whatever, eating fries and pizza. Using little head massagers. Floppy state fries. (laughs) As we learn. Um, And then Luke gets the final date of the week. And it was just ripped from the pages of Chris Harrison's Texan romance novel, The Perfect Letter. Shout out to you, Chris Harrison. Yes. I think Chris Harrison planned this date. It was, they went horseback riding. They, like, made out on, like, bales of hay. Yeah. Luke was, like, tender and romantic and strong. And he talked about, like, breaking his first horse. And I was like, you are legitimately (laughs) a character from that novel. It was so weird. I got to say, Luke is my favorite of any of these For guys. For sure. If I have to pick he's, one. He's the guy I would most like to be. Yeah, I can see that. I think that he's the most, like, if I had to marry one of the last four guys, it would be Luke. Yeah. We he would have nothing like in common, but I would be like, you're a good person. Exactly. We, we'll make it work. See, I'm skeptical that most of these other dudes are good people. I don't think they are. Yeah. No, not this, at all. <laughs> this guy's a good person. I, yeah. I agree with you. I, I think it's going to be a battle between him and Jordan, right? Luke hasn't done yeah. anything wrong also. Like, he's managed to stay above the fray in all of these sort of infighting that they have. And he's right. portrayed himself very well. I would say at this point after this episode— Prior to this, I was like, oh, I don't want any of these guys as Bachelor. I can't even envision it. Now if it's Luke, which I hope it is, I'll just be like, yeah, I'm down with it. Yeah. I would like her to pick Luke. I am starting to think that she's just too drawn to the dysfunction, and he doesn't offer enough I think excitement. It's, I think it's Jordan all the I way. I see that. Yeah. I agree. And I think, I think she's even Jordan. drawn to Robbie's whole ex-drama, hmm. and he could definitely be the person on the the last day that she's like, I can't accept your proposal because— Yeah. Right. Of how I found out that you basically had a girlfriend this whole time. Right. Like, we get a little glimpse of the hometown date, and it kind of seems like his family is like, he's playing you. Well, how would they are meeting a woman that they they were used to this other woman for four years. (laughs) And now there's this, like, reality show star in their home. Like, yeah, that's going to be, I would, I hope it's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, it seems in in that sort of situation, they usually don't even get to hometowns. But she's just like, oh, great. You just broke up with your girlfriend and you're not available at all. Great. Come. I want to meet your family. Yeah. We see that something traumatic happens during the hometowns. Yeah. She's upset. She, like, crouches on the gravel in a gown and is like, my heart is broken. She's not happy. Mm -hmm. I hope so. This season's been kind of snooze fest. Yeah. I would like to see her. More devastated, more yeah. often. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Oh, man. Um, but also the dudes. I would really like to see them devastated. Yeah, these guys are just, like, pieces of bread. Or at least, yeah. like, uh, show some degree of verisimilitude. Like, they're just so similar. I want to see less pieces of bread and more those cats with their heads through the pieces of bread. Yes. Just spice it up, Cat you know? loafing? No, that's a different thing. Um Breading. Breading, <laughs> so, right. So a, a Snapchat filter not, going around currently be. that I think it's toast. You put your head in the uh, middle of toast. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That could have been the date. Yeah. I wish they would have done the that. Date missed opportunities. Yeah. Um, so she has a lovely date with Luke, and everything is great, and she likes him a lot. And, oh, yeah, he's, like, telling her that he can, like, read horses 
And she's like, can you read me? <laughs> and I was like, again, I feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I just feel like you're about to just rip each other's clothes off. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited for JoJo and her fantasy suite dates because I think she's very sexually attracted to both Jordan and Luke. Yeah. So get it. I think all the people she's going to have left are just the people she has insane sexual chemistry yeah. with. And what? she might just have the fantasy suite and then be like, uh, so at least I got that out of the way. But like, now what? Right. Well, and what she says about this is a direct quote because this is my style. And <laughs> and she says, Luke's for sure a man. Ooh. There's Whoa. no doubt Whoa. in my mind. Ooh. I feel like she's maybe, Oof. I don't know, maybe it was a candy bar in his pocket. Yeah, or... <laughs> yeah. For sure is just. Or she. <laughs> he is for or sure. Or he is definitely a man. A man. <laughs> for sure. Oh, I mean, in the pants they wear, dick. it's like hard to have any doubt. <laughs> yeah, Luke does wear some tight pants. Jojo probably yeah. knows for sure. Yeah, he's a man. <laughs> She's wow. probably like, please make them wear tight pants because I don't want to have any doubt. <laughs> She's like, no guesswork here. <laughs> you're John Hammer. You're not. <laughs> Moving on. Um. So then, Jojo via Chris Harrison. I love when Chris comes in and is like one of the guys. He's yeah. like, "Hey, bros, what's up?" So. I talked to JoJo. Yeah, I talked to her. I talked to her all the time, dudes. You might not realize this, but JoJo and I are, like, super close. (laughs) And we have a real connection. Um, And she knows what she wants. So there's not going to be a cocktail party this week. James Taylor's face just crumbles. Right. We will miss him. So the rose ceremony comes around. And um, who is it? Chase or Robbie was wearing, like, a Gryffindor tie? It's like I think it was this is my really? favorite thing. Well, that I think it was Robbie and Robbie. That would not be your house, my friend. No. You are straight Hufflepuff, and you don't even no. know it. I was gonna say Slytherin. No, yeah, see, I think he's Slytherin. Mm, I don't think he's smart enough for Slytherin. I think Jordan's Ooh. Slytherin. Oh, you're right, Jordan. Total Jordan Slytherin. And Luke is Gryffindor. I think. Yeah, I think Luke, Luke is, is definitely Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Mm-hmm. None of them are. Ravenclaw. I think James no. Taylor. No one's smart enough. I think to be James Taylor is a is a Hufflepuff. Totally. I don't. Oh, yeah. I think Robbie is would be more like a crab or Goyle. <laughs> nice. Okay. So I'm gonna a go Slytherin henchman. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> Gotta have the henchman. <laughs> uh, Chase, I like. Don't even know enough about who he is to even put him why, in a house. Why would you? I, He's. I keep maybe forgetting. He'd be a squib. I keep yeah. forgetting which one that is. To be honest with you. Exactly. And yeah. I've watched every episode. He's of this the one with no season. personality. Right. I'm just trying to help you guys out. Um, I like having some variety in this. Let's, yeah, yeah, some variety between these four identical-looking men. Look exactly <laughs> so which one of these four identical-looking <laughs> dudes will JoJo pick? Tune in next week for our <laughs> upcoming hometown recap. And Emma will be back from Croatia, so we're excited for that. But thanks again, Emily and Damon, for filling in this week. It was great to have you. Thanks for having yeah, me. That was awesome. Obviously, we could talk about The Bachelorette until the end of time, but sadly, we have to take a short break. But wait, don't leave. In a moment, we'll share our conversation with Jamie Otis, who has put out a new book called Wifey 101, Everything I Got Wrong After Finding Me. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service that's all about helping you have fun and get creative with your style. There's dressy stuff, trendy going out clothes, casual tops, and premium jeans. I mean, you name it, and Newly has it. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. Fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility are also included. Plus the option to buy what you love. 
I love Newly so much. I actually have bought several items that I found through Newly, and they are staples in my wardrobe. Most recently, I've been looking for the perfect pair of jeans, which is a constant quest because my body is always changing, and also jean styles are always changing. I was trying out this month the A Goldie Pinchwaist jeans, which are sort of legendary for how flattering they are, and it was exciting to get to try them out without sending 200 of my dollars away. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code LTSI20. Just go to NUULY.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code LTSI20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, Newly with two U's, with code LTSI20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. (laughs) So important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Springtime vibes are in the air, and when you bring in some of the beautiful flowers that are blooming, you probably want to smell the flowers, not the litter box. But thanks to Pretty Litter, you'll be able to smell those spring flowers all you want. 
Nothing beats Pretty Litter's ability to instantly trap odors. It's ultra-absorbent, it's lightweight, low dust, and one six-pound bag works for up to a month. Pretty Litter's crystals change color to indicate early signs of potential illnesses in your cat. And if all of that wasn't enough, Pretty Litter ships free right to your door. You'll never run out, you won't have huge kitty litter bags taking up space, and even better, you won't have to lug those huge tubs from the store to your car or the subway and into your house. Our producer Talon has been using Pretty Litter and he just raves about how great it is, how easy it is to scoop, how much better it smells. I mean, the health monitor aspect gives so much peace of mind. He's a big fan and we know that you will be too. Go to prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. That's prettylitter.com slash LTSI to save 20% on your first order and get a free cat toy. prettylitter.com slash LTSI. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Right. Now, before we get back to the show, have you had a chance to find Here to Make Friends on iTunes? If not, now is the perfect time to subscribe and give us a rating. Every time we get a new subscription or review, our show climbs the iTunes chart, which helps other people discover our show. And now, here's our conversation with the lovely Jamie Otis. So today we're chatting with Jamie Otis, the star of Married at First Sight, Bachelor Pad, contestant on Ben Flannick's season of The Bachelor. Plus, she's the author of a new book about marriage and relationships. It's called Wifey 101, Everything I Got Wrong After Finding Mr. Right. So she's very busy, lady. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us, Jamie. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So just to dive right in. You met your husband, Doug, on reality TV, but not on The Bachelor. Can you tell us a little bit about the premise of Married at First Sight, just for our listeners who haven't watched the show? Yeah, so Married at First Sight sounds—it's exactly like it is. So (laughs) I met my husband. I didn't know his name. I didn't know his occupation. I didn't know where he was from. I didn't know his family. I knew nothing about him until I met him at the altar. 
And I married him two minutes later. Oh, God. Which sounds super radical, and it is crazy, (laughs) and it's super radical, but— uh, there, you know, the process behind it is so much more than just, oh, go meet a guy and marry him at the altar. And <laughs> then your happily ever after is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. So how they approached me was they said, oh, are you having trouble dating in New York City? And I said, yeah. And they said, well, so you're still single? <laughs> Join the club. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> like any, you ask any woman that who isn't already married or snagged the one guy who's serious, <laughs> then yeah, they're having trouble. And so they said, well, you're still single then? I said, yeah, I'm still single. And they go, well, what do you think about the idea of having four different professionals, experts in their field, really kind of analyze you? They'll analyze lots of people in the tri-state area. And then they're going to help find you a match. And it wasn't marriage. It was just dating. It was called the love experiment according, this is what they were pitching us. Oh. Yeah. And so they said, you know, you get to meet these experts and then when they match you, they're going to be there on hand to help you throughout the dating process. And I was like, Sounds what? Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> really? Okay, sure. Yeah. Sign me up. Like I'll take it. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of how it was presented to me. And that sounds like a gem, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At, w- at what point did they tell you that you were getting married instead? Yeah. That's always the common question. <laughs> and it was literally after like the final casting call, they, they bring you into the room and they have all of the experts there. So you get to meet them and they have the creator of the show, Married at First Sight, and they have the executive producers. So it's a very, it's a very serious meeting. It's nothing like, you know, The Bachelor or any other type of reality show. I mean, I don't, I can't, I can only speak for The Bachelor, but um, it's very, very different in the, in the sense that it's very serious and it's very, it seemed, it seemed to me very professional and very thought out. They also had, the series had been played in Denmark. And so they had that docuseries, the first episode available to see. And so I watched it. And I mean, these, this is the thing about it. It wasn't like radical, whimsical, you know, it was really just like kind of almost quirky and awkward. But these, these, these people who were paired together really did have chemistry and it was flirty. I mean, they weren't like instantly in love and making out and, oh, life is, it was real. It was really real. And it was very weird because they said two of the couples are still together, you know, and it had been a year and one was trying for a baby. And I was like, oh my gosh, that could be my life. Like, and, and so I, I was like, I don't know about trusting these people to marry someone, (laughs) but I, I'm failing myself anyways. You know, I'm not in the divorce rate is 50, 50 anyways, the divorce success rate. So it's like, I don't know. They really, they really did a great job of, of, to me, being very genuine and real and serious about the whole married at first sight procedure. And I was, yeah, I might as well. Yeah. The truth (laughs) be told, I was like, they're not going to find me a match. I mean, if they know about all my baggage, have they seen me on The Bachelor? They're never going to find me a match. And then they found me a match. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of people who watch the show really related to how realistic your relationship was and the struggles that you had to go through to like get past those moments of is this really the relationship for me if I didn't feel that initial spark and you know what can we make out of it because that's something that we all confront at some point in our dating life and it was really beautiful to like watch you guys get past that together. Oh thank you yeah you know it wasn't it it I think TV inevitably you know a TV show it looks like 
our relationship, I feel like people think is like a fairy tale. And it's like, it might look like that, but we, <laughs> we had a fair share of struggles. I mean, we really did. But any relationship, you really do. And and I really, I am thankful that both Doug and I, my husband and I went into it knowing that we're kind of like flawed and we could use a little help. And so we really had wide open brains. Like we were just, and actually, I mean, let's be, let's be honest. Obviously my brain closed so tight the day of the wedding. I was like, oh no, <laughs> tunnel vision, this is wrong. But then like I was reminded you know, that I really did trust these experts. And like, and when you meet them, they're so genuine. This isn't like rad, radical TV. Like they're really trying to help you. And, and so I was like, oh yeah, that's right. They, they really do care. And, and so I gave them a, I gave it a chance. And, and every time that, that I tried like, kind of like hiding, like I would, and that was my flaw though. I knew I had commitment issues and trust problems. So every time I would be like, kind of ready to bounce, they'd be like, but wait a minute, Jamie, like, you know, keep whatever this altercation is in the back of your mind, like know that this has been an issue, but don't jump out of your relationship because of the first red flag or even the second red flag. Like maybe if, if he's not like, my, this is like my my saying now, like if he's not like beating you or like cheating on you or like, you know, it's like maybe he's, you know, I don't know, maybe you could give the guy a chance. Like if he's not like harming you or emotionally abusing you, you know, maybe you should stick it out a little bit longer and see if maybe there could be chemistry with this person because guys, good guys who really care about you, I feel like women just run away from them. Jojo. I feel yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. No, it's interesting because um, in, in on the last episode that uh, where Jojo went on a date with Wells, uh, we saw Wells talk about how when you're with someone for a while, sometimes the initial spark can sort of die. And she said, she seemed very no, I want to find that. that fairy tale love where that never goes out. Oh, really? Jojo. It's like, oh, oh no, Jojo. She usually she, doesn't look, work that way. Yeah, yeah, she's sucked up in that fantasy land that she's been living in on The Bachelor World, you yeah. know, which is never a good outcome when they come to like real life, in, in my opinion, because just having had my own little experience and whatnot it's you do get you get sucked up into it because you're literally in a in a box with these people you don't have magazines you don't have books you don't have the radio you don't have you have no newspapers there aren't even clocks on the wall because they take the yeah like <laughs> really for real that? we've and never heard that and it's nuts. not that it's not that there's not clocks like you can't have a watch or something it's that that m- most times like in hotels the clock is in the radio and they take the radios and the telephones right out of every single hotel you ever go to so you can't <laughs> right, have a connection. no outlet exactly you cannot wow. have a connection to the outside they literally rummage through your luggage like i got there and they have to look and search through my baggage to make sure i don't have like a camera or a laptop or cuz they all the cameras laptops cell phones they all got to go like you cannot have them while you're in bachelor land so all you have are producers and Everyone else, you know, the other girls you're living with or the other men you're living with, talking. That's it. That's why you get so much drama because yeah. people are going stir crazy. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, yeah. I always say, like, I would be a nightmare on that show because I would just go completely insane sitting in a room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I kind of was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, we've seen so much crazy on the show. Like, every season has a lot of drama. Um, but we we need to talk a little bit about about your book and yes. married life uh, before we really go hard on The Bachelor because we have a lot of questions sure. about that yeah. too. Do you just want to talk a little bit about the book, kind of what inspired you to write it? Yeah, I think primarily what inspired me to write it, I mean, if the title's Wifey 101, which you would think that's like some girl who's a gem at being a wife, right? <laughs> but then you see the subtitles, everything I got wrong after after finding Mr. Right. And, and that's exactly it. I feel like 
there's all these books out there that talk about all the great things of wifeyhood and da 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 da. And it's like, how about we talk about the things that no one ever talks about? Like, when do you actually walk around without a bra on? And like, <laughs> when can you like poop in the same house together without having to like, you know, like hide or like wait till the person leaves so that you can actually go? And the thing is about about my marriage is that it's almost like we were dating for even though we were married, we were technically just dating. At least we were trying to look at it that way because we didn't know a thing about each other. We really had to get to know each other first. And so I I think that I was, I think that I was lucky in the sense that I had experts to help me along because I had, I made a lot of mistakes. I mean, I, I was really scared and I feel like I'm not alone in that. I think there are a lot of women who, who we want, you know, we want our prince and or knight in shining armor, but we don't know how to act like a princess in the meantime, you know, like we're, we're just scared. And I think that, I think that I, I'm just very, very honest about all the flaws that I had. I think that they're very similar. Like, and I think that I give some pretty good tidbits, you know, like for example, um, you know, I give little sidebar notes on like honeymoons and like, you know, different things. Like when you're traveling with your partner, like you, you envision for your honeymoon, you know, you want it to be special and spectacular. And you're, first of all, you spend a ton of money on your wedding. It better be an amazing honeymoon. But it's like, and you have this expectation that you better like go at it like rabbits, right? I mean, you better have like, you better become like a vixen of a sexual, you know, it better be great every single night. And it's like, wait a minute, like, there's a lot of pressure on you for your honeymoon. Maybe take that take that pressure away so you're not don't don't have your expectation set so high that then you're like feeling like, oh man, we didn't even, we only had sex like twice and it really wasn't that great. And like, am I really married to the right guy? Because our honeymoon was really crappy and didn't <laughs> I mean, so let me tell you, ladies, I didn't have sex with my husband at all on our honeymoon. So you're already doing better than me if you only had sex twice. <laughs> I think that I think that. I think that we as women, we tend to, uh, you know, we have expectations. We all have expectations. It's like maybe we should lower the bar a little bit and and kind of n- not settle. You know, I'm not a, at all for settling because I don't think anybody ever should. But it's like, are you really settling if this person, you know, is caring and nurturing and loving? And so maybe he made a mistake or two. And, you know, how, how do you handle that? How do you go forward with that? And I think I kind of dive into that because— I wasn't quite sure how to do it myself. And I didn't quite do it right every single time. So I share all my my flaws and my blunders so that hopefully you guys don't do the same. Those yeah. of you who are in the dating or the new, newly married stage. Yeah. Yeah. It is really tricky, I think, to figure out um, when you're first having a really serious relationship or, or a marriage, you know, how can I expect them to give me this devotion even when I'm a flawed person? But I kind of want them to be perfect. And you have to negotiate giving them that kind of devotion that you expect back, even though you're both you're so flawed right. people. Yeah. And it can be like at a certain point you're like, oh, I'm I'm settling because this guy doesn't cook me dinner. And I always thought that I would be with the guy <laughs> who would be a great cook. But like I, you know, I don't keep the house clean. And, and when's the last he, time you cooked dinner, right? Exactly. <laughs> so it's it's a con- like you you want to give the love that you want to receive. Yeah. I think there's a fine line, at least for me, because I was always like, I will not settle. I mean, like I said, I had very poor examples of relationships. I mean, my mom really was like beaten to a pulp. I mean, just like almost killed several times and by my stepdad, you know, so I grew up with this. And then you know, first couple of relationships I had, they weren't healthy. They were very, and they, but because the guy didn't like physically choke me or like punch me, I was like, oh, he loves me. <laughs> you know, I was just yeah. very, very young. I mean, very, very young. And um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm a nurse. I'm an RN. So when I was in nursing school, that's when I 
caught on. Like, you know, you start taking psych classes and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. This guy is so emotionally controlling and jealous and abusive, like without, without ever like, I mean, cause, I mean, I'm like this boyfriend of mine would like lock me in the bathroom, for example, and like not let me out until he was done talking to me. But he never like pushed me or like punched me. So I was like, oh, this guy loves me. <laughs> you know, I just had no idea. Yeah. And I think that I went the complete opposite when I started dating. When I, after I learned that, hey, wait a minute, these guys, this, I'm like dating duds. Like these guys, you know, they buy me things or maybe they look handsome and look cute. And my friends think he's so hot because he plays basketball or something. They're duds. Like this isn't, this is, that is settling and mm. without even knowing it. And so I think when my eyes were open that, hey, wait a minute, like I'm not being treated right. I went the complete other op. I, mean, I was like, if this guy doesn't treat me like, you know, like so, so, and so, and so, then I'm not being treated fairly and I won't settle. And I, I got, I got really got wrapped up into that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really, it's a tricky thing to navigate because I think it is so important for us to talk about the fact that abuse doesn't have to be physical. Yeah. Emotional abuse and manipulation is a huge issue. And it's something it's really important to empower women to recognize that oh my gosh, yeah. and talk about it really openly. So first of all, I think, you know, kind of applaud you for doing that. Thank I think you. that's really, yeah. really, really important. And that's, I mean, Wifey 101, of course, it's about the struggles of marriage and whatnot, but there's a very large part about the things that I've gone through with, you know, like witnessing domestic violence with my stepdad and my mom and and then obviously going on. And I mean, there are, there are heavy topics in that, but those all, I mean— I'll just like spell it out. Like I, you know, I was molested when I was a kid. I never even said that out loud before. Like who says, who talks about this kind of stuff? You don't talk about it, you know? Um, and there's another thing that I can't even say out loud that I, that I that I did myself, you know, that I'm so ashamed of. And it's like, when is it, when is it time that we start talking about these things so we can support each other and love each other and be there for each other? Because there's such a stigma to talking about. I mean, no one wants to hear about your stepdad, you know, almost killing your mom several times. Like, no, that's not a happy topic. You don't bring it up. You you hide that under the rug. It makes you look bad. But it's like, wait a minute. There are so many other relationships that are happening like that day in and day out. And what happens when little girls who witness these things then grow up in the same exact relationship? It's like, we got to talk about these things. Whenever yes. are we going to break this cycle? And that's, that's, that's a very, that's the large reason why I wrote the book the way that I did. And, um, and it just kind of, it all kind of came to the forefront of my mind when I got married because I just started realizing, I, and it's probably through therapy with all these experts that, that like, wait a minute, like I'm treating my husband, this, this saint of a guy really, almost as if he's done these things before because I'm so scared that he might do it in the future. Meanwhile, he's never indicated that. And, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a very messed up way. So there's a lot of things that happened in my past where that really affect me in my marriage. And I really do. I, I lay it all out there on the forefront. I don't even sugarcoat it or beat her on the bush because we've got to stop sugarcoating things and beating her on the bush. We've got to start empowering women to be able to speak up and stand out. You know, it's so sad to me when you see these rape cases and they these women can barely even utter a word because they're so hurt, first of all, and ash but ashamed and scared because they don't have anybody standing behind them supporting them. It's like, come on now. Like, when are we going to kind of band together? It's just such a shame to me. Obviously, I'm very passionate about yeah. this. I can get no, so angry. I mean, I think the two of us are really, really passionate about these issues too. And I think that the more we hear these stories, the more women tell these stories, the, the better things we'll get. We can't solve a problem without, you know, identifying it and being open about it and saying like, this isn't something for the women who experience these types of abuse to be ashamed of. Exactly. It's on the people who are perpetrating this abuse to be ashamed Absolutely. of. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And I think that, 
it's awesome when women who haven't even experienced, and even men who haven't experienced this or haven't, you know, when they're standing behind other women who have. Absolutely. I mean, that's almost more awesome than the pers- people who have all experienced it together because it's like, wow, you can feel our, you have the empathy for us to to be able to stand up. And, you know, and it's sad because sometimes you need that person because you don't have enough strength in your own voice to be able to speak out yourself. So when there's someone next to you who's able to be like, no, this is not okay and we're going to take a stand, that like could bring tears to my eyes. It's just, it's just what we need, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there is sort of an obligation for people who who haven't been victimized to to stand up and and take advantage of their their maybe stronger position and that's like we don't generally expect people who are the victims of crimes to be their own greatest advocate maybe except in this scenario right um and it shouldn't be like that we should be more caring towards people who are in that situation um, and and that's something that our society has really fallen short on. But I, I mean, I think it is really important that people tell their stories and it's really difficult. And I mean, it's really impressive that you're able to do that because it, it's really scary still, even even in 2016. And I think that's something you also touched on, on, you know, watching you and Doug together, kind of seeing him kind of become an ally yeah. In some of these things and be really understanding. Yeah. Yeah. He was so, first of all, he didn't know about a lot of things because it's, once again, it's like something, you know, I'm married. So I'm married now, but he's still a stranger. I don't know him that well. This is heavy stuff. Like, how do you just nonchalantly go out to date, go out to dinner with your, your husband, your boyfriend, whatever, and be like, hey, listen, I might be a little quirky and strange because, you know, this, this, and this happened. You just, when is it the appropriate time to bring this up while you're dating or, you know, like even like some people keep it hidden even when they're married, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and hey, no shame on you guys because I did the same thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's, but it's something that needs to be discussed because I think that in itself can save relationships and marriage because you can't understand another person unless you're open. You're fully open about these types of things that really cause you to, to act and react the way you are now, you know? So whatever you, whatever's happened in your past, you know, no matter what it is, it, it inevitably ha- plays an, it has, you know, you don't have to be a victim of your past, but it is going to play a role in your future. I mean, it just, you just can't help it. And, you know, no matter what, how much therapy you have, it's still there in the back of your mind. You still remember what's happened to you. And, um, I think that that's the great thing about my husband is that I don't get it. I don't, I'm not that patient. I'm like, oh God, I like, I'll admit now that I would be like, you are crazy. Like, what is wrong with you? But he was really never like that. I don't know why I call him a saint. <laughs> because seriously, he, he really was. He, I don't know how, because he didn't know a lot about my past. I mean, there's, there's more that I haven't even discussed here, you know, but like there, there's, there's a lot that where I'm very, very weird. And I'm, I don't know how to be romantic. I'm very strange romantically. Like I'm not like, if anybody saw me with, with my bachelor Ben and me trying to be romantic <laughs> and like woo him. Yeah, that oh, that's like yeah. such an awkward situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, my husband, he's and I think that's why it worked out for us in in any case. He was just very patient, understanding, and very like didn't push me for details. Like he would let me just come to him and, and talk to him. And obviously I didn't do that because literally there's topic chapter six of my book, Wifey 101, there are secrets that that we had from each other. And 
you know, it's like it's the, the, it's that question. Do you keep secrets from your husband, from your partner? Do you do you tell him everything? And I like to live in a very open world. Clearly, I've been on reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> but and I think that for me personally, what what works best and what I think could work best for a lot of people is to not keep secrets, to, to talk to your your spouse or your partner about everything, because how else are they going to understand you? And, um, you know, I you know, we were like two years in our marriage and I hadn't told him this one really big secret that I've kept. And I still can't even talk about it out loud now because it's just something that's very, it's just very, first of all, it's not PC. It's, it's a very, it's a very personal decision that I made twice and, and it lives with me, you know, and it will live with me forever. And it was just hard and, but it will, could impact, you know, the future of, of our family and, and baby making and all that jazz. And, uh, yeah, and so I I wrote it out in my book, and then I told him to read my book, <laughs> and that was how I told him the secret. Yeah, and he was a he was a champ though taking. It. I mean, I think a lot of times when you hold these secrets because you think that they're so black and ugly and dark, it's like wait a minute. Like once the minute you let them out, I mean, the minute I told my husband, he was like, oh, like we'll get through. I was like, yeah, everything's fine. It's okay. And I'm like, wait a minute, really? Like it's not a big deal to you. Like to me, it's this big like disgusting, gross thing that I've done in my past. And he's like, yeah, you know, but you're not the only one who's ever done that. And it's really not that big of a deal. And you're like, whoa, like I, like it's like a whole weight has been lifted off me because I, now I can speak freely about this and I don't have to be so ashamed and hide it, you know? Yeah. How do you think that going on these reality shows to date and find love has affected your communicativeness in relationships. Do you think it's made you more open? Yeah, I think the the one of the I think everybody knows we can all concur that like communication is is so important in relationships. And I think that for I think that for my husband and I, we had to figure out a way to communicate because he doesn't like confrontation. He doesn't I am clearly an open book and I'm like, you know, like kind of very like right to the front. Like I'll I say it like it is. I'm not I don't beat around the bush. I don't sugarcoat things. Like let's just get to the point and let's fix it, whatever. He, on the other hand, is like, whoa, you're like coming at me in all directions. I need a second to breathe. And so we had to figure out a way to communicate because I love to, I, I could chat your ear off, obviously. <laughs> we like that. Yeah. <laughs> but he is more like, if it's not telling a joke and laughing and talking funny things, then he doesn't really want to talk about it. And so we had to figure out. And, and we did. We figured out a way in the sense that he tends to email or text. And, like, that's just the way he can communicate. And so rather than me being like, why can't you tell me this? Like, how would I just, you know, I've learned to appreciate the way that he communicates with me. And and that doesn't come overnight, ladies, so it's okay if you have to figure it out. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I learned over time to appreciate that, hey, listen, if he isn't comfortable, you know, bringing me to a room and talking to me or whatever, he writes me, like, books of emails. And I'm like, oh, that's— what you're thinking. Like, thank you for telling me what you're thinking because I don't know. Yeah, I think um, I think that we learned that though through therapy and we got that therapy through Merit at First Sight and the experts on Merit at First Sight. So I, I do think, I'll tell you how reality TV does help you in, in a large way. Every, anybody who's ever been on reality TV is you live your life and it's real. You know, they document this, this real life that you're living. And obviously, I think everybody knows on The Bachelor, it becomes a bit edited and, and altered. <laughs> but Merit at First Sight is very, very real. And uh, it's it's kind of alarming when you watch it back because you're like, wait a minute. Was I really that big of a jerk? And am I really that big of a snot? And, you know, you look—I you, I learned so much about myself, like both good and bad, that I was like— 
oh my, it, it helps you grow as a person because you can either be like, that's just editing. I'm not really that mean, you know, or whatever. Or you can be like, oh crap, like I really did say all that. And oh, I was so shallow and, you know, but you can learn and grow from it. And I think that that is the primarily one of the best things that Married at First Sight ever gave to me and my husband is that we watch it open-minded and then we see exactly how we act and we're like, oh, noted. Yeah. It's like really like the couple being able to like play back the the tape. Yes. It's like, wait, no, I'm going to play this conversation back. You You know what's so funny is that sometimes, right now we're not filming a show. So if we get in an argument, I'm like, oh, I wish there was a camera here so that I can play this back right now because you did say that, you know? Like, yeah, it really is kind of nice to have, you not often are you like, yeah, let's have cameras in our home. But yeah, yeah, it, it is good just to, to have that little tidbit later on. Yeah, it's not, I mean, I make it sound really weaponized, but just to know what really is the dynamic of your of your argumentation and your your relationship instead of whatever narratives you're both saying yeah, about it. Exactly. So if you're in a fight with your spouse or whoever, you know, and then y- you know, you're fighting da 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 and you're like, "I know that you said this." It's like, "Maybe maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Who knows?" But if you could just play that back, you know. <laughs> yeah. Then you could have a real conversation. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about your experience on The Bachelor. Okay. <laughs> what made you go on The Bachelor in the first place? Okay, so for me, I had a roommate in Boston, and she was obsessed with Ali Fedotowski's season of The Bachelorette. And every time I came home, she was watching it, and I'm like, what is this girl watching? So one time my friend was up with me, and we sat down and watched it with her, and she started explaining, yeah, this girl gets like 25 different men, and she gets to narrow them down to just two at the very end, then she picks one, and he might, and, you know, he might propose to her, and I was like, wait a minute, this girl gets to pick between 25 <laughs> different men? I was like, yeah, I want to do that, and so my friend, so that commercial came on, and my friend was like, well, Jamie, you should do it, and I was like, I will, and so I literally, <laughs> that day, I put in a picture of, you know, they, you have to like add a photo and like your occupation and like you know, your hobbies and what you're proud of. And I was like, yeah, I haven't been a nurse for a full year yet, but I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm a nurse. And, <laughs> you know, I'm turning 24 soon because I know apparently oh, like you were so young. I was so young. Aww. I was just a little baby. <laughs> and, and, uh, and yeah, and I, I sent, I sent that in about, about six months later or so they did, they called me and, um, they said, are you still single? And I was like, whoa, the bachelor just called me. Like, <laughs> what am I going to do? Because I, you know, I'm not, you picture, you see this and then you think these people are all just very wealthy and very, come from very, yeah, I don't know, at least that's what I envision, right? But so for me, I'm, I was living in a trailer park, in a trailer, and I had custody of my sisters. And so wow. I was like, they're calling me? Like, really? Why are they calling me? But I still went with it. I was like, hey, if they're, if they're going to take me, I mean, I'll still do it. <laughs> but then after I got there, I was immediately, like, sitting in that limo with the other girls. And I was like, oh, I do not belong here. Oh, like, these girls are clearly very wealthy, very confident, very charismatic. And, you know, it's so sad because I totally sold myself short, you know? Like, I really did. Like, maybe I'm—maybe I'm not wealthy, but I can be charismatic and I can look pretty. I can throw on a nice dress and do my, ma- my hair and my makeup, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, if I could only talk to little me— <laughs> <laughs> Well, it just yeah. sounds like an environment that could really easily breed insecurity. I mean, oh, we're yeah. even seeing mm-hmm. it with one of the men, James Taylor, on on this last episode. First of all, the JoJo season of The Bachelorette, these guys are the girliest guys I've ever <laughs> seen. Is that is that not true? I mean, 
I like I, it. It's funny because so many, <laughs> I like they're, the sensitivity. So in, they're so into manliness. Yeah, I feel like guys who are into manliness are so feminine. <laughs> but yeah, like Jordan and and uh, Robbie and all these guys that are really macho, mm-hmm. that it does kind of come off. It starts to come off as a little bit vain yeah. and self-obsessed, which— is not a great look, but I like I like the more like sensitive types, gentlemen yes. James, like James yes, Taylor. James Taylor, and we 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 were a big fan of of Wells and Derek, and Derek kind of the more understated ones yeah. who show a little insecurity. Clearly, we don't have the same taste in men as JoJo. <laughs> yeah, see, I think JoJo, God bless her heart, because she's a, first of all, I give it up to her because. It's almost like I feel it. I feel like I know now. Like if people are just hamming it up for a camera, or if they're not, you can almost tell just by the way they talk. I feel like you can almost tell if like a producer prompted you to say something. I mean, I feel like I'm so in the know that it's so hard to watch reality TV now because I'm like, you must just be analyzing. Yeah, you kind of do, especially when you've been on The Bachelor. So you kind of you know what behind the scenes look like, and you're like, yeah, someone just told her to say that. But I feel like. I don't know. I feel like they're doing a turn on The Bachelor where a turn for the better in the sense that it's more real, like especially Caitlin Bristow's season. I mean, they would never in a million years air the fact that like all that drama with sleeping with whoever and, you know, whatnot. That, I mean, their bachelor and their bachelorette are princesses and princes and they and they are held up on a, you know, on a pedestal and there's a shrine about them. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. They're starting to show that these people are real and they make mistakes and even though I don't think that was a mistake. But anyways, you know, I I, I applaud The Bachelor for that. I really do. It's refreshing when we get those little little moments that feel more like reality, even if we know everything is so highly produced. Yeah. 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 Um, (laughs) Sorry. On uh, on Ben's season, when when you made your sort of approach to Ben, <laughs> that's a very that, nice way to say yeah. that. <laughs> well, it's funny because I remember watching it and and feeling I, identifying so strongly with you because whenever we watch and we see these moments where you're supposed to be really smoldering and seductive, yeah. it's like I would just start laughing. It just seems so awkward. Well, first of all, <laughs> yeah, you're so right. First of all. I mean, I'm not an idiot. I know he just kissed half the other girls, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, And I hadn't kissed him yet. And I was like, and first of all, another thing that happened that isn't like widely known, but I do talk about it in my book, Wifey 101, is that I, we were in Panama. So this is, this is when this happened. Sorry. So I try to be like seductive and like, yeah, he's got to be into me. We're in Panama and where, first of all, as you know, now I live in a trailer in a trailer park. I'm dirt poor. I don't have any money, you know? And we're in Panama. These people live in actually very nice, like, huts, kind of. But they don't have indoor plumbing. They don't have electricity. They don't have—you know, they're very well—they're doing well for their village and whatnot. But they don't have these basic things that we have here in America. I have in my trailer, you know, in upstate New York. And Ben had said, you know, it had been raining and it wasn't the best weather. And he goes, oh, I just can't wait to get back and have a hot shower and a warm meal because we only have, like, cold cuts. And But he said that right in front of these people who never get a hot shower. They probably, I don't know if they have a warm meal. I don't know how they cook, you know. But I was so disgusted and turned off by that. And I just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. And so then Chris Harrison comes later on before the rose ceremony. And he says, 
ladies, it's getting down to the final, however, you know, like it's more than half of you have gone. And if you haven't opened up to Ben, and I feel like he was looking straight at me. Yeah. If you haven't <laughs> opened up to Ben, you really need to open up to him tonight. Like, this is your time. Yeah. You have to go. Yeah. For and it. you know how Chris is like, is yeah. like that. And so and I was like, they're definitely, that's definitely a message for me because I hadn't kissed him. I didn't tell him anything about my little trailer park living or anything about my past. Hello. Like how, why would I? I mean, there's models and you know, horse ranch farmers and millionaires. And I'm like, I'm not gonna tell them I live in a trailer in a trailer park. Like that's not how I'm going to win his heart. And, uh, yeah. So I decided to go the seductive route <laughs> and you can Google that Jamie Otis on the bachelor <laughs> with Ben Flanick and you'll have a great laugh. <laughs> uh, what about on bachelor pad? Did you have any expectation or hope of finding love on bachelor pad or was that, uh, did you expect a more competitive environment? Well, I had, once again, what who, what silly girl doesn't watch a show and then goes on the show? Like, you should at least, like, <laughs> read about it a little bit, you know? So I hadn't watched The Bachelor Pad, but I was called almost immediately. I'm sure they loved that that catastrophe that happened on The Bachelor. They're like, ooh, let's, let's have her do that again on The Bachelor Pad. <laughs> oh, God. This time I was a bit more, I would like to think I was a little bit more sensible, and I didn't try to be so, like, seductive. I realized, okay, I'm really awkward, and I'm not at all, flirt- like, I'm not good at being flirtatious with these men. I look like a fool. And so I went on The Bachelor Pad. There was, you know, there was a chance to win, what was it, a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. And I was like, Hello, I live in a trailer park. I'm like, yeah, sign me. <laughs> I'll up. take the money. Take the money. And um, but I but I still was like, I remember I was kind of on and off again dating uh, someone from back home, and I was like, listen, I told him, I was like, listen, I'm going to go on. If I do find love, yeah, like I'm I'm going to go for it. And uh, and yeah, so that's I went on the bachelor pad primarily for the money, you know. But but fair, <laughs> yeah, thank you. But uh, but I was open to the idea of, of finding love and. If anybody watched that, that was another disaster. I mean, I just like a fool each time I went on reality TV prior. I'd like to, well, I can't even say prior to Married at First Sight. Did anyone see the day I got married? <laughs> well, I think well, that, that seemed pretty well. reasonable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, you know. Yeah. I think everyone related to your Married at First Sight. Um, I definitely did. Marriage day experience. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. We were like, why are these people acting so excited about marrying strangers? This is the only normal reaction. I seriously, <laughs> sometimes I watch, you know, it's been a few seasons now and I watch them and I'm like, I just can't buy into it if they're so like in love at first sight. I'm like, I don't know. That's so weird to and me, but that's just me. Often yeah. seems like that. It doesn't always work out that well. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's like a, a slow burn can sometimes be, I think, yeah. the best. Yeah. The best. Situation. But you know what? I've got to be honest. There's a four season of Married at First Sight coming out in July 26th, actually. And I, I host this show called Married at First Sight Unfiltered. So I meet with all Ooh. the couples. That's fun. Yeah. That's really fun. Cause I'm like, ooh, tell me the inside. Yeah, you're like, no, yeah. I'm not the one being watched. Yes. I can just watch I can, I can watch you and inevitably judge you, which is so wrong. Because then every time someone judges me I'm like you jerks but then I go ahead and do the same exact thing to someone else on some other reality yeah, show that's literally our job so, yeah you yeah know. you jerks we, know. <laughs> I know. we try to be as compassionate as possible yeah but. compassionate judgment yeah yeah, yeah that, that's very nice <laughs> I think we have to wrap it up for today but yeah. thanks so much for joining yeah, us guys, thank you so much thank for having you. me yeah and for our listeners Jamie's book is wifey 101 everything I got wrong after finding Mr. Right and also check out married at first sight you might see a beautiful love story happen. You never know. You never know. (laughs) You never know. So it's time for Feminism Fails, but without Emma, it just doesn't feel right. And honestly... 
there weren't that many outstanding moments of sheer misogyny this week. So we're going to go straight to the tweet of the week from Iris Blossie at Iris Blossie. Jojo makes a great bachelorette because she has really great taste in accessories and really terrible taste in men. That's all we ask for, really. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guests, Emily Warman, Damon Barris, and Jamie Otis. And as always, thanks to our producer, Nick Offenberg. Do you want to make our whole day? Here's an idea. Find Here to Make Friends on iTunes to subscribe and give us a rating. Every time we get a new subscription or review, our show climbs the iTunes chart, which helps other people discover our show. In related news, Here to Make Friends is also on Facebook now. Please like us. You'll see all the fun updates we post, our Facebook Live after show, and fun stuff like that. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. Emma isn't here today, but she's at Emma Lady Rose, and she does fun tweets. You can also send us an email at heretomakefriends at huffingtonpost.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week, and yes, Emma will be back too, to recap the hometown dates. Don't miss it. 